I remember when I was a kid, I, I needed some money from my dad. I wasn't a kid. I was in college, but you know what I mean? I was a kid. You wouldn't, yeah. I'm still a kid. I'm going to tell you, I'm going to lie to you. I'm a kid. But I said, Dad, I need some money. I said, I'm broke. I'm down here at school. I've got rent to pay. I've got cable bill to pay. I've got all this stuff I've got to pay for. I've got, you know, I've got chicken wings to buy. You know, I'm starving. And he said, well, son, how much money do you need? And I said, Daddy, how much money have you got? You know, and, and I think we look at our lives sometimes and we say to God, what do you want from me? And I think he looks at us and he says, what have you got? God, how much do you want? Well, son, daughter, how much have you got? And it's easy for us to look at God and do the opposite and say, Lord, how much have you got, you know? Fill up my pockets. Fill up my house with pretty furniture. Fill up my closet with pretty clothes. Fill up my belly with pretty food. You know, fill me up, Lord. And I want you to know that it's okay. It's okay to ask the Lord for things. But what we need to discover together this morning is why that's okay. And when we open our Bibles to Psalm 67, we're going to discover just that. Psalm 67. It says, May God be gracious to us and bless us and make His face to shine upon us. In other words, may God give us lots of stuff. In the Bible, right here, the first line of the psalm, May God give us lots of stuff. And then it says the reason, and this is so important, it says that your way may be known on earth, your saving power among all nations. So here's the deal, it's okay to go to God and say, Lord, I need this, I need that, Lord, please grant me blessings, Lord, please be gracious to me, Lord, how much have you got? But we have to recognize that every single good thing we have has been given to us for the purpose that we might use it to take the gospel of Jesus Christ to the nations. And so the question becomes, what do we have that's a blessing from God? And my answer to that question is, my goodness, what do you have that's not a blessing from God? We have our health. What bit of it is left, you know? We have our clothing. We have our homes. We have our spiritual gifts. We have our natural abilities. We have our money. We have our time. We have our church facilities. Every single thing we have has been given to us for the purpose of taking the gospel of Jesus Christ to the nations. There is no exception. And so when we begin to think about life like that, when we begin to think about life as our opportunity to take the gospel to as many people as we can, I think we begin to think about things a little bit differently. The Apostle Paul talked about This notion that living is Christ and dying is gain. Y'all heard that, haven't you? 
the reason he could say that is because he had his hope plugged in to the gospel being advanced. And so as long as the gospel was going forward, he was excited, he was happy because his hope was fulfilled. He was more concerned with what happened through him than what happened to him. That's the Apostle Paul. That's the example that he gave us. Many of us can't say with honesty that living is Christ and dying is gain. You can't have one without the other. So you just have to ask yourself, is living Christ? Can we say that with the Apostle Paul? The answer to that question is going to determine how far you're willing to go with your resources to take the gospel of Jesus Christ everywhere. Here's what we have to figure out. We've got to figure out a few things. First of all, I want to know if everything I have is for the purpose that the nations could hear the gospel, I need to know who the nations are. I mean, that, that's an important question. And there's a few ways to answer this. First of all, I want you to know that this text uses three different words for nations or peoples. That's a whole bunch of different words to use for the same thing in one psalm. And I think when the psalmist does that, he's doing it for the purpose of making the point that this is everybody. Everybody needs to hear the gospel. And that means everybody in Afghanistan, Iraq, Peru, Colombia, Canada, and even the person across the street from your house. That means everybody in any foreign country, in any state, or the person who sits next to you at work, or your roommate in college, or the person who sits beside you at school, or the guy that sits by you in the dugout at your Little League baseball games. Everyone needs to hear the gospel. It's so easy for us to to get excited about a field trip where we go and tell people we're never going to have to see again about the gospel. Isn't it more difficult to do the same thing right here at home? It's harder for me anyway. The nations, every single person who has never heard the gospel of Jesus Christ. Now when we talk about our blessings, I think a lot of times... As believers, we get a little bit hung up on this idea that we don't want to talk about material things too much, right? Like, it's kind of weird to say, God, give me money, right? God, give me stuff. But it's funny because this psalm was written at harvest time. What are people concerned about at harvest time? Food, crops, goodies, right? And the way this works is that all the nations have their storehouses. And if, if one nation has, has a barn that's great big and another nation has one that's little bitty, whose God did the most blessing that year? And, and that's the way that Israel is looking at this. They're saying, God, bless us, bless us, bless us, bless us. We want everybody to look and see that our God has bigger blessings than their God. And, and here's the deal. It's okay for them to pray that way. But think about this. If the nation of Israel could get excited about a barn full of feed, how much more excited should we get about the gospel of Jesus Christ? Now, I was at a, um, at a worship concert last night with Hillsong United. They're awesome. And they, they, um, they kept talking about this, this idea um, of the cross. 
Imagine that at a Christian event. Somebody talking about the cross. And, and the Lord just kind of spoke to my heart. and Maybe that's weird for you to hear. I don't know. That's what happened. And, and he said, Ryan, on the cross, I just wanted to put in big, huge neon letters to the world, I love you. That's the cross. And we've got that compared to just a barn full of feed for the nation of Israel. We ought to be getting excited about that. Text goes on, and I want you to catch this, because anytime you see this in a psalm, let's look at this together. Does everybody see verse 3? Let the peoples praise you, O God, let all the peoples praise you. Everybody see that? And everybody see verse 5? It says the same thing. Let the peoples praise you, O God. Let all the peoples praise you. Whenever you see that in a psalm, it's called, some people call it an envelope figure. Some people get fancy and call it an inclusio. I don't say words like that. It makes me feel funny about myself. But they've got, whenever you see that in the Bible, in a psalm especially, it's a Hebrew, Hebrew poetic device, and it's trying to put a spotlight on what's in between. It's saying, hey, we are an importance sandwich, and you need to check out this meat that we got stuck between our two slices of wheat bread. And here's what it is. It says this, let the nations be glad and sing for joy. For you judge the peoples with equity and guide the nations upon earth. The psalmist is saying that's the most important thing in this entire psalm. And here's the crazy part. I want to ask you something. If, if God gave me a million dollars, why would any of you get excited about that? I can tell you right now, there ain't no reason to. (laughs) If God gave me a million dollars, why would you be excited about that? Unless I intend to share it, right? So the psalmist is saying this crazy thing. Israel is praying to be blessed. God's going to bless Israel. God's going to bless His people. But the nations are supposed to get excited. That's crazy talk. Why would the nations get excited? Here's why. Because they know that every single thing God gives His people is for the nations. Listen, you ain't got a penny you have a right to hang on to. Not one. Not one. Unless God tells you to. And so we ask, what standard do we use to decide what we keep, what we give, what we use for the kingdom, what we use to buy a Big Mac? You know, what standard do we use? Listen, we must keep enough that we don't become a burden to others if we can. And beyond that, we're free to give. Anything we want to. We keep enough that we don't become a burden to others. Beyond that, we're free to give anything we want to. We're commanded to give 10%. I mean, joyfully, let's do it. It's no big deal. Right? At least not for me. <laughs> Might be for you guys. I don't know. Depends on how big that 10% gets, I guess. You know. But we're free to give as much as we want to without becoming a burden on others. Let's do it, you know. Let's do it. And that means 
you know, we go to our closet, a lot of us, I imagine, and we find the things that we're not going to use anymore because we don't like them, and we take them somewhere to give them to people, right? And that's good. It's better than wasting it. Don't get me wrong. There's nothing wrong with that. But, man, when's the last time we went to our closet and found the things we do like and gave it to somebody? They don't have to be poor. They just got to be a person, you know. I don't have very many stories like this, so don't get me wrong. I'm not painting myself to be a hero because I'm most guilty of anybody in here. But I, this past year I did that. I got two really nice leather coats that um, it was just, I just didn't need them. There was just no sense in me having these things. So I, I just gave them to a guy who just seemed like he needed some love, you know. And we're talking, I mean, these nice coats, you know. I never done anything like that before, and and I still sometimes wake up, man. I wish I had that coat back, you know. <laughs> but um, I've been pretty good about not saying that to him, you know. Maybe <laughs> maybe looked at him funny a couple of times, you know. But for the most part, that's his coat. It's cool. I might borrow it if it gets real cold. And let's train ourselves to give to others the best of what we have rather than the worst of what we have. I have a couple of examples that I've seen just since I've been here. I'm not seen yet, but I've heard of since I've been here. The first one, Mr. Carpenter. Um, where is he at? Mr. There he is. I mean, this is just really cool. He He's a carpenter, you know, a little double entendre to start your day. Nothing like that. And he's going to build um, a, like a barn to go on the stage up in the preteen area for VBS, which is called VBX in the preteen area. He's skilled in carpentry, and he's using that gift to push the gospel forward. You see, you see what's going on there? Um, similar thing, Becca, this morning, she's, she's a designer. And so this morning, just a small thing, because she's good at that art stuff, she's going to hang out and tell us, basically paint by number, on our decorations for VBS. She's going to tell us which number's which. Are you with me? And listen, that's using your gifts to push the gospel forward. I saw another gift, and I, they're going to get mad at me because the, the um, home's family had me over for dinner the other night. Where are they? Where are the Holmes family? Are they here? Yeah. Alright, sorry about that. I didn't mean to tell on them they ain't here. <laughs> okay, cool. Yeah, that's right. Preschool. Well, listen. She was making the prettiest quilt. And it's all, like all these different green patches and different colors of green. It was awesome. And um, I bet a lot of you are good at making quilts. And I don't know what she was going to do with it. And I'm not trying to tell her what to do with it. But, I mean, just think if, if you're gifted in a way like that. How many people would benefit from a quilt this winter? You know? Use your gifts to push the gospel forward. Whatever they are. That, that's how we're going to get this task completed of taking the gospel to all the nations. And that's how, most importantly, we're going to complete it in Goodlettsville, Tennessee. That's our task. That's our first commission. That's our first charge to take the gospel to the people of Goodlettsville, Tennessee, 
surrounding areas. You know, I know it gets a little messy. What's good? What's good? What's I can't even tell you where it starts and stops. I have no idea. I thought I was in White House the other day, and I saw a sign that said Goodlettsville, and I about did a backflip. I didn't know where I was at. Um, but wherever you are, wherever you are, use your gifts, all of them, to take the gospel forward. Now, you men in the room, here we're the worst about this. We're the worst about this because we tend to find our identities in our careers, in our jobs, in the things that we do for work for a living. Shame on us. Because our identity is in Christ Jesus. And our primary role on this earth is one who uses his abilities to take the gospel forward. It doesn't matter if you're a school teacher or a banker. It doesn't matter if you're a CEO or a janitor. It's all the same. Use your gifts. Use your talents. Use your mind. Use your money. Use your resources. Use your time to take the gospel forward. And that's it. I, I worked at Starbucks for a little bit. Anybody here a Starbucks fan? Yeah. You don't want to know what they put in their coffee. No, I'm just kidding. It's, it's just coffee beans, you know. It's fine. I'm just teasing. I always like to see how people ask when I say that. Um, all right. Here's the deal. I worked there for about three years, and I was a barista. And that's what everybody is who works at Starbucks. I mean, the baristas, that's what you do there. And I was chilling at the cash register, and I worked at one of the stores that's in a mall. Don't ever do that because they're going to make you work on that day after a was it Thanksgiving when everybody comes to the mall? But not everybody comes to the mall. Only crazy people come. And, but th- you would be amazed at how many crazy people there are. And so I'm at this kiosk in the mall trying to sell coffee and trying to keep everybody happy because nobody's happy that there's two reasons they call it Black Friday. It's not just about the revenues. I promise you. It's just it's nuts. And I'm sitting here just... Ringing people up like crazy, you know, pushing, just sitting the cups over, sitting because you ride on them, you know, as you go. And as I'm pushing and writing on these cups and putting them over here, like one breeze, like, I quit. And she just walks off. And so there's this big stack of cups, you know, like a cup tower. It was unbelievable. And up through the line comes, like, the meanest looking human person I've ever seen. And he lived up to his cover, friends. I'm telling you. I. <laughs> Don't judge a book by its cover. Don't you tell me that. I'm telling you what. He comes up, mean as a snake, and, and he starts talking to my little buddy Eli, the other guy on the cash register, buck 20 soaking wet. I mean, Eli's tiny, and this guy's just giving him down the road. And here's what he wants. He said, well, I bought some coffee. I don't have it with me, but it's no good, and I want a refund. And I'm just listening to him, and I, I'm from Harrodsburg, Kentucky, Mercer County. Where I'm from, you talk to somebody like you're talking to Elon. You just got it coming to you, son, you know. And so I just sat and listened to about as much as I could listen to. And I said, sir, it's time for you to calm it down. That's all I said, he looked at me, tell me to calm down like I'm some kind of child. He said, I'll smack that pretty smile off your face. And I won't tell you that you're friend like so much 
Listen, I had to stick both my hands in my pockets. I, I really did. And, I mean, if the Lord had given me a way to cut off my tongue in that instant, I probably would have had to do it. I, but I just said, sir, it's time for you to leave, you know. And, and he walked off. And, I mean, it, it was just good that it ended that way because it could have got a whole lot worse. The, here's the deal about it, though. About 30 minutes before that, this little lady had walked through my line. And, and she said, hey, my name's, I don't remember what her name was. It doesn't matter. She said, and I've got this gift card, and it's got about $10 left on it. She said, now, later on in the day, if somebody comes through here that just needs it, would you just bless them in the name of Jesus for me with this little gift card? And I was like, oh, I got that down, Pat, girl. I'm a seminary student. I can bless somebody in the name of Jesus right now. And I took that card and I stuck it in my pocket. And I was just waiting for the right opportunity. And when Mr. Mean left, um, guess where that gift card was sitting? Still right my back pocket. You know, how many days do we allow to pass with the blessings of God still stuffed in our back pocket as the church of Jesus Christ, as those who are called to carry His gospel to the nations. Let's not allow another week to pass with all His blessings stuffed in our back pocket. We who were once alienated and hostile in mind, doing evil deeds, He has now reconciled in His body of flesh by His death, making peace by the blood of His cross. This is the message that we proclaim. This is the good news that we carry to those in desperate need of forgiveness. Let's not sit on it, but let's consider every single resource we have or will have, not as ours, but as theirs. And let's begin together to reconcile the world to Jesus Christ by the preaching of the gospel. We'll preach it by how we live. We'll preach it by how we love each other. And we'll preach it with words if we have to.